This is Outlaw Priestess at it again, and this might be my first well and proper sermon. This is something that I'm truly passionate about, and this is something I have, I don't want to say agonized over, but really stalled on for a long time because I want to get it right. But nothing is ever going to be perfect and I don't want the perfect to become the enemy of the good and this is something that like my last episode and like what I (laughs) choose to open my mouth about in general is something that I think just needs a conversation around it needs more of a conversation needs to be discussed seriously practically with nuance and with respect so today I am going to be talking about my experience as a dom, as a professional dom, and I am prepared to catch it from all sides here. I'm prepared for other people in the adult industry to vehemently disagree with me. Uh, I'm prepared for conservatives to look at me, (laughs) probably like they already look at me. Um, But thankfully, I'm not really, I'm not at all doing this for anyone's approval. Like I said, It's just important for me to start this conversation. So I'm not here to apologize or to argue for a single part of this. So if you don't like it, you're free to not like it. If you disagree, you are, for the time being, (laughs) you're still free to disagree in this country or hopefully wherever you're listening to this. So just understand that your feelings, your disagreement is all well and good, but I don't exist to adhere to your standards. So this is my experience. I can only speak from my perspective and that is all I'm doing. It's not meant to be dogmatic. It's not meant to be shaming at all or anything of the sort. So again, if my perspective as it is doesn't apply to you for whatever reason, then it doesn't apply to you. It's that simple. I'm sure, I'm positive there will be statements in here that people who cannot engage in nuance will not like or will find something to mock if they even listen to this. But Unfortunately for them, I was not put on this earth for people to like everything that I have to say. So that's all by way of disclaimers. Take this how you will, hopefully with some practicality and common sense, if that's at all possible. Listener discretion, definitely advised. So first off, some of you may understand what a professional dom is. Some of you might not. So for those of you who don't understand, I'm going to briefly explain. A professional dom or dominatrix is someone who, who, a woman who occupies the role of the active facilitating dominant party in a BDSM exchange in a professional capacity, being paid either for individual sessions or for an ongoing power exchange dynamic or some combination therein. Considering that BDSM stands for bondage and discipline, dominance and submission, sadism and masochism, this can be expressed in a variety of ways and no two doms will necessarily do things the same ways, have the same focuses or have the same boundaries. You have your doms that specialize in bondage such as rope bondage or immobilization. You have ones that focus more just on discipline, humiliation, the emotional aspect, power exchange, and they may never even touch rope or handcuffs. Some doms are very sadistic and they favor facilitating pain in various ways. Some are more mental, some are both. For some, this is sexual. For some, it could not be less sexual at all. And some are somewhere in the middle. So if you're asking yourself what anyone could possibly get out of this, or you're curious what I get out of it in the optimal scenario, that's its own conversation. I'm happy to discuss that, but that's separate. So 
that is my off-the-cuff explanation of what a professional dom or dominatrix is. Hopefully that helps. This episode is really not about BDSM or kink in itself. It is about the current state of the adult industry from where I'm sitting as someone that has been directly involved for a few years now. I'm going to be stark raving honest and it's probably not going to be what most people expect. Becoming a professional dom is not a viable career on its own. Not in 2021. Not after OnlyFans. And I'm going to go a step beyond that, even though it's not strictly speaking my experience. So shoot me on site, if you will. Um, I don't think joining the adult industry, period, is viable at this point at all. Again, not after OnlyFans, not after the pandemic. Not unless you're ready to go all in. And even then, it's a gamble. By all in, I mean porn, clips, probably getting physically intimate in some way with clients, committing a sizable percentage of your life to marketing, to commodifying your life. And even if you do, that is no guarantee of success. There's so much to address here, so I'm going to do my best. Now, as I said, everyone has different boundaries. Every dom will have different boundaries, what have you. For me personally, I do not engage in any directly sexual activity with my clients or submissives who contribute financially as a rule. I actually, for the most part, I I don't, my DS dynamics are DS dynamics. I'm what's considered a classic or old-fashioned dom. For me, kink is kink, sex is sex. Those two things tend to be separate as far as my submissives are concerned, at least as far as my male submissives are concerned. Anyways, not about me. I'm never nude in my sessions. I'm never nude in my professional interactions. There are zero sex acts that occur in my presence let alone with my participation. So while the exchange tends to be sensual, it is not at all explicitly sexual. This is my boundary. And again, this is going to flavor a bit of where I am coming from with this. It's obviously not universal. I'm just clarifying so people understand that this is a distinct part of my experience. Do without what you will. I really just want to address also the glorification of sex work in social media, especially to minors, because it's actually just grooming. As soon as minors are involved, that is grooming. It's bad enough with adults, for one. Like, there's this whole push of not only do we, uh, are we asking people to accept sex work, which, you know, for sure, I would appreciate, (laughs) I would appreciate that, but to tout it as just point blank empowering, as just a way to print money, it's just a lie. It's a flat out lie. Uh, sex work, especially online sex work, is very appealing when you're a young person uh, or you know someone else in a tough situation who's having a hard time maintaining a conventional job or a conventional path at school or both for whatever reason. If you struggle financially, if you're being abused at home or otherwise, if you have mental issues that aren't being adequately addressed, it's extremely appealing for very obvious reasons. I don't need to explain why. And I've been trying to think of some way to talk about this and say what I want to say that doesn't just sound like, don't do drugs, kids, because everyone knows that doesn't work. The forbidden is always attractive, and it's not just that. The warnings don't take away from the factors that might drive someone to the industry basically by necessity. Warnings and the whole don't do drugs attitude, like, that doesn't take away from poverty, from mental illness, from just plain lack of resources. These factors are nothing to be scoffed at. They're nothing to shame people over there nothing to mock which is why none of my position here has anything to do with any of that it has nothing to do with shame-based moralism 
And if your criticism of sex work or the adult industry and people getting into it has anything to do with those things, then shame on you and do not use my stance here as some kind of justification because that's just cruelty. There's no reason to be cruel. The point here is to be practical. So when I, what I really have to say here is don't get involved unless you have no other options. If you need to survive and there is nowhere left to turn, then do it as practically, as safely, as responsibly as you can and get out as soon as you can. I truly mean this. Stay in school, learn a trade, do something. And yeah, I get it. From the outside, it looks like I'm just sitting here on my throne with my past three years as a pro dom. Uh, I was privileged to train under my mentor. Uh, You know, I'm sitting around doing these fancy, expensive latex photo shoots, preaching from some ivory tower. Most, very few people know my actual story. And no lie, I've gone out of my way to keep it that way because it's embarrassing. It's not what I'm trying to sell, what I've been trying to sell. And being able to step away from that whole game, from that whole industry hustle mindset has been utterly healing. So the way that I'm going to try and make sure that my stance here, that my message here doesn't sound like some out of touch dare infomercial is by sharing a little bit of that story, by sharing some unsavory facts about it facts that are not glossy or polished or sexy, but it's real life. I have always been kinky. That's absolutely true. But the fact is that I entered this industry because I'd had a mental break and I was experiencing serious poverty. I was overwhelmed. My life had pulled the rug out from under me in multiple ways. My living situation was volatile I mean, I was like losing hair. I was going through a bottle of Pepto-Bismol like in a couple days. I could not keep working my, I was working an office job and I could not keep doing it the way that I, I couldn't keep going like that. I was suffering abuse. I'm not gonna talk about what kind. And what I needed was to be able to heal from fresh trauma. Some of that, which was actively still happening, like ongoing. And I needed to just, have support and be able to continue my plan at school but I couldn't handle the stress of both a normal job and college at that point with what I was dealing with without the real support and the help that I really desperately needed so I started living on a friend's sofa just to get away from it all and I needed some way just to pay for my phone and my groceries at the very least I crawled my way out of that hell through online adult work and it doesn't mean that I was always being abused through work or that it was all terrible but that's why I got into it that's probably why a lot of people get into it and in a better world it would never have happened I wouldn't have had to take the two-year-long break from college that I did I would have been able to be supported in a sustainable way like most young adults I wasn't so I may do. And what happens so often is that these core issues that push young people, that push vulnerable people into this industry, often continue to go unaddressed. So you just throw yourself down the hole of work and you either get high on the money and the praise or you get chewed up and spat out. Sometimes both. A lot of the time it's both. 
So the fact that there are adults who know better, who know how this industry works, that are flexing their trinkets and their cute little Gucci bag lifestyle to promote a hustle this intense, to say the least, to minors is evil. It is point blank evil. I am not going to sugarcoat and I'm not going to call it anything else. You are evil if you are doing that. Stop. (laughs) I mean, you're not going to listen just by me saying stop, but... If you have a shred of decency or dignity or soul left, you're not going to do anything like that. So, you know, to, to cover a slightly different angle of this, there's some concept also that because so much of this industry is possible just online, like a lot of people have that no physical uh, contact boundary and good for you. But some people think that just because they have that, that it detaches you somehow, that it makes it safer and that it won't touch you. And yeah, it's safer, but that does not mean it's safe. That is one of the most insidious lies about it. If you go the OnlyFans route, if you do any kind of porn online, you are accepting the very likely possibility that it will be preserved online forever. And I mean, even if you are doing private cam-to-cam shows, people can record it and keep it and distribute it as they like you're accepting that you will never be able to get rid of this. So even if you change careers, if you go to college, if you get into a relationship or start a family or move on in any way that cannot be erased. And to those people who want to talk about how it's some goody two shoes, uh, not a real reason of, oh, what, like I've seen people mock uh, wanting to change careers. You are in way too deep. You are drinking your own Kool-Aid if you think that's something to turn your nose up at because you cannot do this forever. Anyways, (laughs) someone I know personally uh, consensually chose to start an OnlyFans some time ago, and she followed the conventional wisdom, the conventional advice on how to do it right. She didn't share anything she didn't want to. She didn't do anything she didn't want to. Uh, She was careful. But despite that, when she decided to not do something she didn't want to do some truly twisted individuals who could not take no for an answer literally found her and her family's information and blackmailed her with exposure to her family and more unless she caved to their demands that's a level of abuse people should not be dealing with and she since moved away from only only fans and that whole life but much of that material of hers is still out there And to this day, she doesn't use her name online because these freaks are still out there. So no, you are not safe because it's online. You are not detached from what's going on because it's happening online. If anything, we are uniquely vulnerable in a way we never have been. So on this note of lies that people tell other women mostly and uh, apparently minors, uh, to address a really specifically foul lie I've seen, There is no such thing as a sugar daddy that only pays for your company. It is recklessly irresponsible and emotionally vicious to get people's hopes up, thinking that this is possible. If only you're attractive enough, if you're sophisticated enough, whatever enough. And when you set that kind of standard and people are wondering, oh, why can't I, why isn't that happening for me? Think of the complexes that you are feeding by that of, oh, if I'm just a little bit better, if I'm the, no. It's an impossible standard because it's not real. Maybe, maybe in the beginning you'll get a little bit of that, but this is the adult industry. This is the sex industry. 
And this is where I'm going to throw in something that's a little bit nuanced uh, and that's a little hard to say is that yes, in the BDSM sphere of adult work, if you are a dom, there are those rare submissives who genuinely just want to support you and essentially serve you financially by being a patron from a distance, perhaps keeping some kind of dynamic online via phone or video correspondence. But understand that maintaining that in a significant enough fashion to actually support yourself it's extremely rare and very hard to maintain odds are you are not going to support yourself by having that kind of arrangement it's nice when it happens but you can't count on that and also the ones who are not looking for instant sexual gratification very often they're looking for high levels of emotional engagement to the point where you feel like a therapist in latex and that is no joke that is a lot to deal with so I was almost hesitant to even bring up the financial sub aspect just because you m- people might hear it and think that they can support themselves off just that demographic. But go on Twitter and input FinDom and look at, you know, forgive me, but all the really, uh, you know what, I'm not going to put it that way. Look at all the women who are trying really hard to push that angle. It doesn't work they are not supporting themselves off of this so and that's not even getting into the ethics of what kind of dom you even are at that point but that's i guess another episode uh so i I really don't want to prop up anyone's hopes here but i'm also not going to leave things out to feed a narrative i think there's room to understand every part of this so please just take me at my word here and understand that you can't support yourself on that kind of thing but it does exist so nuance Something else that's incredibly damaging to is just the disproportionate amount of emphasis that's put on flexing. Just straight up showing off gifts from clients, waving Benjamins around, showing off whose gifts are more obscure and expensive. Like, I'm not trying to knock the individuals who do this because this is a sales pitch, essentially. This is trying to incentivize other clients and subs to do the same, to send more, to compete with each other. I get it. But the problem is the standard it's it's setting. Because as I said, when you play by certain rules long enough, they can start to rub off on you. And this is part of the trouble, is in an industry where people are largely just concerned with making their own living, Few people speak up to talk about actual practical knowledge, like maintaining your own personal values when they're being constantly tested, when people are turning the hustle into a way of life, because that's the only way you can actually make a living in this industry is making it your lifestyle. Um, So not just that, but people also don't talk about financial sense of focusing on saving your money and having sustainable wealth rather than just expensive toys and gifts and trinkets to show off to people we need to talk more about stability rather than the industry equivalent of paycheck to paycheck while you're flexing online it's not a way to live and there are absolutely some incredible wise women who share their knowledge i don't want to say that there are not but i think we all know that they're rare few and far between many people hoard their knowledge their know-how out of fear of competition And some also just don't have the energy to share. It's not always malice. This industry is draining. And that's just how it is. And this bit about flexing, that's kind of just how it is too. I don't see that ever changing as long as the industry exists. It's baked into this game. 
it is inherent and it's never going to change. So if you are involved, this is another reason that you need ironclad boundaries and strong personal values and remembering you are not your persona. You have to remember who you are keeping yourself separate so you don't lose yourself because that is very possible every single day so again i don't it's hard to talk about this because people will hear this kind of thing and be like oh this is why sex work isn't work this is why we need to make life a living hell for these women like no absolutely not sex work absolutely is work and it's damn hard work quite often but it's in a weird space it's very other it requires an uncommon level of personal engagement. Like imagine if your therapist wasn't just doing talk therapy with you or not just like a clinically approved somatic therapy, but if they were acting out some of the psychodrama with you, imagine how messy and intense and just unusual that would be. And then you can imagine what it would be like sometimes. So I will discuss, you know, the whole Dom ethics thing in another episode. I've discussed that on my Patreon before, which is slightly dead, but I will be coming back to it soon, I promise. Um, This is where this game would be a lot easier if I wasn't actually kinky, if I wasn't actually involved in BDSM as a a lifestyle and, and in the community prior to going professional with it. And it's something that's part of my personal life anyways, because if none of that was true, I wouldn't have any standards to compare this to. But I do have those standards and I can't help that. For background, I have been involved in lifestyle kink in some capacity since my teenage years. And by the time I decided to pursue doming professionally, I was already quite experienced and well acquainted with the lifestyle. I'd been going to dungeons and events, to classes, I'd been reading, I'd been having my own experiences in my personal life for quite some time before then. So. I do have a keen sense of what BDSM is and what in my mind it should be. For example, I emphasize personal responsibility and accountability on both sides. And I strongly feel that kink should come from a mindful, conscious place. I strongly believe that it should not come from a place of addiction, from repetition, compulsion, from enabling. These are my beliefs as a personal practitioner. But when money starts changing hands and when that money becomes your primary income, maintaining those principles can get harder and harder. Because the fact is, it is a different situation. You are dealing, by virtue of it being professional, you are dealing with people who, you know, I would not take on as personal subs in my personal life for whatever variety of reasons. And this isn't just because, oh, pro-doms are predatory because they're out for money. No, no, no. Like, you don't understand the kind of people we're dealing with. We are dealing with guys who need therapy, who don't understand what real kink is about, who are constantly trying to push those kind of boundaries. Like, yes, there are predatory doms, sure. I don't want to say they don't exist. But people don't understand this landscape. It is way more intense and hard to explain than people seem to understand. But in professional kink, the goal where you make your money for the most part is to essentially start off where personal kink would take weeks or months to build up to. And, and that's something that's been very difficult for me because I'm like, why are we starting at the finish line? We should be learning about yourself. We should be learning about what this means to you. We should be making sure that this is conscious and healthy and healing. A lot of people don't want that. 
That's not why they're hiring a pro dom. That's not why they're looking into this. And you can't force people to just change by forcing them. Like it doesn't work. I've tried. I've made plenty of mistakes and that's been some of them. I mean, I could probably fill another episode talking about my mistakes, going from trying to force people into understanding what, quote, real kink is, to just saying, oh, hell with it, you people don't know or care anyways, I'm going to embrace that, that's a mistake too, so maybe I will do another episode just purely on my mistakes, because that's how we learn, I'm not ashamed of it, I've done my best to try and learn, but anyways, in all honesty, you know, professionally, you look for inversions of what you would look for personally. In my personal kink, I'm very slow to take anyone on at this point. Spend a lot of time getting to know the person, discovering what kink is to them, where that aligns with my kink, not doing any super intense scenes for a while, not laying any claim on the person until it's been a while. You know, spending time negotiating is what we call it, and learning. It is a relationship. Even if there's no sex, even if there's no romance, like for me, it tends not to be a sexual exchange when I have a personal submissive. It is still a relationship. Whereas professionally, by default, you're looking for who's going to spend the most money, the soonest, the most frequently, the most consistently, because you have to. You have to. So doing intense scenes quickly, that's what sessioning is like starting at the finish line that's kind of in a sense it's what sessioning is and people you know I will brag a little bit and say like my mentor um you know there are still doms who are approaching it from that lifestyle type perspectives who are still trying to build a relationship who do pace their sessions and they don't start off with like waterboarding for example um and they're trying to help you craft a journey but we can only do that to the degree that clients allow that to happen. You know, we exist in a very weird, like I said, a very othered capital O space. So it's such a mix of what's going on here between a dom holding ethics and a sub being prepared to engage and operate in that way. They often are not. And if you push it too hard, they will just find someone with less ethics, frankly. So of course, like you are dealing with people who you wouldn't be dealing with if money wasn't involved. And of course, people are constantly testing your boundaries. That's just facts of the matter. So to again, like just use myself as an example and speak on myself for a moment. This is a big part of why I've been stepping back. When you play the villain long enough, it can start to rub off on you. And I've resisted that for as long as I can. And it's why I'm constantly reassessing and why that kind of cleansing and transformation is such an important part of my practice but sometimes the only way to win is to just stop playing the game i am no longer personally i'm no longer focusing primarily on professional dom work this is one of the many reasons why and i am still considering some dynamics that involve financial offerings and financial submission But they are energy exchanges that strictly adhere to my actual interests and my actual parameters at this point. Which means that is not viable by itself. It's nice. It helps. I appreciate it. But it's not sustainable as a job by itself to just only do what fits in my actual interests and my actual parameters. But 
I don't care. It's worth it to me. I am no longer stretching those parameters to take on individuals that I don't wish to enable and I don't wish to connect with for whatever reason, knowing that my income has taken a huge hit as a result and I am having to look elsewhere to make up for that lack of income. I am done taking sessions based on, oh, I can do that rather than this actually deeply calls to me. It's what I want to be doing. It's on my wavelength and it aligns with what I'm here to do as a dom, which again, It's basically commercial suicide as a professional dominatrix. And good. I am happy to commit it. (laughs) So to circle back a bit, if you are considering entering the industry, I hope you hear this next falling part, if nothing else. This industry is a false promise. It is not worth it. And getting out once you're in, it, it takes nothing short of a miracle, honestly. And if you've done it, you have achieved a miracle. Mind you, just a let me let me flex for a moment. Let me show off <laughs> for just for a second. Not what I'm trying to do, but whatever. I am a trained professional. I have more real life physical kink skills than your average person. I do needles. I do medical play. I do fire. I do waterboarding. I do a lot of really edgy, um, and I mean edge play, not just alternative, uh, you know, rack hard kind of stuff, and. I'm still transitioning out of it. It's still not really viable for me. And this isn't just me. There are more seasoned veterans than myself. I mean, hot, trained professionals who have videos. They do the clip thing. They do sessions. They do the whole nine quite well, I might add. And they're still leaving. So I fought the reality of what this situation is for the past year, probably a little longer, insisting that everyone's uniqueness meant that there was enough room for everyone. But I was wrong. It is oversaturated to the point of not being sustainable as a single source of income for the majority of us. I've seen it going around that the average person on OnlyFans is making 150 a month. Even if you double that, even if you quadruple that, like say that's a low ball, so let's quadruple it. That's not enough to live on. It's not enough. So, yes, everyone is absolutely unique, but it no longer matters how pretty you are, how smart, and I'm sorry, I don't have my tea right now, so I'm coughing. Uh, It doesn't matter how smart, how pretty, how savvy you are. This isn't a good living for the vast majority of people involved anymore, unless you have already been involved in the industry for a while. If you have a solid, loyal, years-long fan base, and or unless you're willing to literally dedicate your entire life to it and commodify your entire existence for the check. What other job demands this of you? Like, seriously, people keep talking about how empowering it is. In what other world do you have to give this much of yourself and break off this much of your energy maybe the military I can't think of anything else I don't know nothing good in my opinion so even when even when it is sustainable financially I no longer feel it is worth it so many people get chewed up and spat out and I am tired of watching it happen when someone comes to me like smiling telling me oh I started doing adult work like a little piece of me dies inside because I don't want to see this happen to people I care about. This industry uses people and gives them nothing of value in return. So if you want more spice in your life, you know, this is where I'm not moralizing. If you're an exhibitionist, 
if you want that sauciness take some classes on kink um you know become part of the community in your own way like look into what are your actual interests do you want to take a pole class do you want to start doing burlesque uh for you know recreationally like there are some great kink education uh classes digitally and I, I suppose in person I don't know at this point uh you can do boudoir photo shoots for your partner for yourself whatever um there are so many other options for you to spice up your life that I would highly recommend there's great books on kings to read there's plenty of ways to incorporate that awesomeness into your life without being part of this hellscape like it's not worth it unless there is literally no other safe and tenable way for you to eat and pay rent do not get involved keep your day job straight up keep your day job stay in school and work on other projects and by the way try and do these things even if you get involved even if you are already involved please try and put your eggs in some other baskets because you don't know what can happen Part of why it's so hard to get out once you're in is that if you don't maintain anything else, your resume has a huge suspicious looking gap on it. So if you have to commit to this to survive, then if it's at all possible, please just take it. Please understand what I'm saying here in terms of engage with other projects, maybe make a name for yourself with something else, get into educating, like be able to do more things because this can be overturned at any time payment channels can be obstructed like i'm banned on almost every payment app known to man i tried to get back on venmo recently they banned me again within hours so you know you're even the most air quote loyal clients or subs or what have you they can disappear at a moment's notice um if real life starts tugging them back a little too hard or for whatever reason you don't actually know these people you know them but you don't know them so and not just that but like there's dwindling platforms through which you can safely advertise even if you have plenty of rocking (laughs) sorry to sound like a boomer but plenty of amazing things to do and you know again to toot my own horn i happen to think what i do is pretty cool i love doing the fire play i love doing needles i love uh, impact. I love so much of what I do and I can barely advertise those things. So <clears throat> Christ, I mean the market oversaturation, your own potential mental overwhelm, like all of these things are real factors. So if you got to do this, do it, be practical, try and have references ready. If you want to try and get another job, um, do everything you can be you can to be able to leave if and when you are ready because this industry does not care it will chew you up and spit you out without blinking without noticing in the, in this world in this game you need boundaries of iron you need resilience and you need support if you no longer feel the need for that it's probably because you're just apathetic and desensitized and detached at this point and that's sad no one deserves that or maybe this is just me. I mean, I can only speak for myself. I've, but I, I have spoken to many other pro doms over the three years that or so that I've been doing this, and I've gathered some of the overlap in our experiences. So, you know, yes, we may, you may actually change some people's lives sincerely. Absolutely, 
You may get, have given people genuine catharsis that they couldn't find anywhere else. You may have given actual sincere healing. You may be remembered as someone's personal Cleopatra for the rest of their life. And bless you for that. Bless us for that. We do some incredible stuff. All of that is beautiful. I've had some brilliant adventures in my time as a pro dom that would have never happened any other way. So I'm not here to just completely trash it and make people feel scummy or whatever <clears throat> for taking part in it for whatever reason. There's no reason for that. But and this isn't a statement against sex workers, against people in the adult industry, or saying that nothing good or memorable can ever happen through this. Just understand that this is a job but we are both the talent and the commodity. We are othered to the point that our clients can step away from us at any time and not bat an eyelash. We can be banned from accessing our own money and from participating in the modern world through social media at any time. No one cares except for us, basically. And we can, off we can be and we often are obstructed from achieving any kind of employment outside of this industry once we're in. We are outsiders stamped with a mark of cane and it does not wash off. And I've been proud to be that exile. It's part of why my witchcraft is fused so heavily with my work always, because it's important to me to understand the symbolism of what we do here. But I called this sermon originally burn ship because this ship with sex work, it hasn't just already sailed, but it's burned to the ground. <clears throat> so I will be proud to wear that mark of Cain forever if need be. If that's going to be how some people always see me forever, um, cool. I can do some awesome stuff. This is not about moralizing. Um, your uniqueness, your worth, your attractiveness, your personal power, it should not and can never truly be measured by your commercial viability in this kind of industry. I just really want to emphasize that. And I know I'm getting kind of a little rambly here, but I called it a sermon for a reason. Just picture me at my podium, maybe kind of banging my fist a little bit. But let me say that again. Whether you are in this industry already or you're not, or you're thinking about it, your uniqueness, your worth, your attractiveness, your personal power should not and can never be measured by your commercial viability in this industry. So don't ever confuse those things. Keep your anchor, keep your principles and honor them. If you have any other option, stay out of this game. The best way to win is by refusing to play. So that's my sermon for today. And as always, my best advice, <laughs> go outside, get some sun, get off your screen, get off social media for just a little while, go do some magic. Our priestess, out. <laughs>